This is gonna be fucking fun. In the hole with Major League A holes, episode one hundred and thirteen. Here on a thirsty Thursday. Oh yeah, got my, you got a beer I'm, over there? Yeah, I got the the sad news. Uh, Revolution emailed me back and said these are no longer available. So these being the Sun Crusher beer. If you see it on the store shelf, grab it. Mm, mm. They are done for the season. Summer is over. Well, the death of summer is upon us as we. Transition here into September. Yeah, the death of summer is upon all of our baseball teams, yes. Well, that's what I was just going to mention. <laughs> in that I, I did the calculations just before we started the show. Our, yeah. our five teams that we cover between here and Sox type thing, uh, we are a collective 99 games below 500. <laughs> so pretty, pretty good. Let's turn the page into September, and let's turn the page into 2023. I think that's going to kind of be a highlight of this show. I'm ready to ready to move on to how things might work out next year for my at least for my Tigers and Cubs. Got some ideas for both of them. You're kind of looking back at your Giants. Uh, where where did it all go wrong? That's what it, the Oasis song keeps popping popping <laughs> in my head. I might might drop that in here at some point, but. Uh, We've got that to talk about. I've got some fucking A's for the first time in a while. Uh, literally fucking A's. We'll, we'll get to that. We've got some shit you couldn't make up, as well as dumbass injury of the week. And, of course, our asshole of the week. We have co-assholes of the week because two dudes, two assholes, pretty much did the exact same thing in the similar timeline. So uh, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, the 2023 schedule was released, which, you know, it's a fun thing to look at in, in most years. You know, you just see where where you guys are at, where who you're opening against, who you're who you're ending the season with, maybe in a playoff race. This year is completely different, though, as we are finally witnessing the death of the imbalanced schedule. And I think uh, a lot of people are really happy about that. The idea that you play uh, division opponents 19 times a year gets rather, rather boring after a while. It sure does. I really don't need to play the Guardians and the Twins 19 times a piece to understand uh that they're annoying and I don't want to play them anymore. Uh, maybe, maybe this is more of a symptom of the AL and NL central where we're, we're mired in so most of the division that we play are, you know, the Cubs and Tigers and White Sox play and most of the opponents are just really boring. Like the, the Pittsburgh pirates, the Cincinnati reds, the twins, the guardians, like uh, who gives a fuck about any of those teams? We don't need to play them 19 times a piece. So, the um, the best part of the imbalanced schedule, be, besides that, is all twenty nine, all thirty teams are playing all other teams in the league. You will see uh, 
Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, not necessarily at your ballpark every year, but your team will play. Uh, you will see matchups that you don't typically see. You do see, obviously, with interleague play for the last, what, 20 years now, you see you know National League teams or American League teams uh, that you don't typically see, but it's sometimes on a, you know, every six years you finally play against those teams. So they, the way the schedule is working out, you play your division 13 or 14 games a piece and interleague games go up from 20 to 46. So I think it is, it is long overdue. It really had to wait for the, the universal DH uh, just to kind of simplify, you know, <laughs> a league finally figures out they should be playing by the same rules that <laughs> made that much simpler. Uh, but for marketing purposes, just like I was saying, you get to see the stars of the game. Your team will play everybody, uh, which I think is just long overdue. It's how, it's how most other leagues have always worked. Uh, the fact that baseball is <laughs> dragged their feet, uh, cha- I guess the, the old phrase is uh, change in baseball is glacial takes it just takes eons for things to actually change and we're seeing rapid changes you know with the universal dh and the next year so quickly capitalizing upon that and going to the the balanced schedule is is showing some uh, some foresight and some uh some strategic acumen uh, marketing acumen from rob manfred and then the others i i really hate to give him any compliments but I love that they're doing this. I think this is so much smarter. Now, I keep bringing up the Angels, which are the, one of the more annoying teams, but they have two of the biggest stars in in the world. And I've called it a, a baseball tragedy that those guys are are mired in Los Angeles. And, you know, the Cubs fans never get to see them. National League fans hardly ever see those guys play. They're They're buried in a terrible team in a, in another league and you never, you know, once every six years, maybe you play them and now it's going to happen every year. And I think it's, it just makes total sense. I love it. Did you have, did you have strong thoughts about the schedule release? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I found it, uh, I found it interesting and curious uh, on some of the opening, opening series matchups that they really like, Mm. Depending on the team, some teams are just starting off with in their division. Like I think you, I always kind of felt like you should always have the opening series. A couple of them should start off in your division and then do whatever. Um, yeah, it's starting in. It, I think it's March thirtieth is when yeah. they're starting. So that that's a little tricky to do with you know with cold climates. They've, they've got to we got to move those things around. But yeah, I like it certainly if you can start off. I like to start and end within your division. Yeah, if that, you can. That, which yeah. might be harder to do now with less games in your division. So yeah. I haven't, I haven't taken a deep dive into, into all of that stuff. I just like the, the overall idea, but yeah, the, uh, I get a, uh, I get to see my two favorite teams right off the bat. The, the giants who nice. will be getting deeper into, uh, in, in, uh, in a few minutes here, uh, they did they, it for major league a-holes. Yeah. They're Appreciate com- that. coming to, they're, they're coming to a chilly, uh, a chilly uh, guaranteed rate field mm. for the opening series against the uh, Sox. So uh, it'd be an interesting way to have a home opener that it's not the Tigers or the Guardians or, or the Twinkies. Uh, I mean, that's usually who the home opener is. So yeah, um, yeah in fact, in fact, 
uh, I think we don't even, uh, I think like a lot of the, those games happen later, but I like the, I like the idea of, of just playing everyone. And I want to see what it does to construction of ball clubs because a lot of teams look at what's happening within their division and you build a, ah. you build, you do build a team that you know can definitely compete against the teams in your division. And a lot of focus was put on that because of the imbalanced schedule, you know, that sure. you were just playing you there. There's teams, like you said, teams, I really had to worry about the Dodgers as a White Sox fan and the Giants didn't have to worry about the White Sox much and, and, and whatever. And the Cubs didn't have to, you know, worry about the angels, but now, you know, now you're going to have to make sure you've, you've got a team. You're not going to be able to rely on, I beat up on my division and, and which is going to be big for the central because we all know those divisions on both, both sides have, have been the weaker divisions, you know, for yeah, a long time. For sure. And, and now, now that, you know, we even talked about the, the, the COVID year, like how, how, how good would both of our teams have done if they did have to play outside of the central, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. you know, so like it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how that changes how that changes things and and if teams are gonna if the price of players are gonna get driven up even more because you're you're now thinking about like well I kind of really do to to compete evenly with playing a bunch of teams over five hundred now a, a lot more than I would have in the past like I gotta I gotta try to get this guy. And so I think I think it's going to have an overall positive effect for the competitive landscape of baseball. I mean, you'll still have mm-hmm. your shit burger teams who aren't doing anything and collecting their hundred million and bagging seventy of it because their roster is thirty million dollars. But um, <laughs> but I think I think it's going to be an overall positive effect. And since you and I are like baseball fans, even outside the clubs we follow, I I love it so. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I mean, for Mark, like I said, for marketing purposes, but you you brought up for competitive, competitive purposes. I think it makes a lot more sense too. So I'm excited. I mean, again, again, I've been looking forward to 2023. I've been looking, looking to do anything not to think about 2022 this season uh, as much as I can. So it's nice to be able to focus on something new and this is radically different They're I think they're making positive changes. I dig it. Well, the Tigers lost another series this week, unsurprisingly. Uh, however, they have called up uh, several youngsters that we'd like to see. Uh, first of all, Ryan Kreidler is up, uh, in the, as well as Spencer Torkelson is back. He did not play today, I don't believe, but he'll be playing tomorrow. You know, he spectacularly failed uh, in his Tigers major league debut for the first several months of the season could not hit. He played a fantastic first base, but he just couldn't hit uh, Sent him back to the minors. He didn't hit a whole lot in, in Toledo, but it's just bringing him up just to get him acclimated again. Hopefully he's got a different mindset. Hopefully he's got a little more success uh, moving on into 2023. Cause we're counting on him to be our first baseman. I think, um, Ryan Kreidler is a infielder. He can he can play short. He can play third. He can probably, I'm sure he can play second. Uh, I've heard a lot about him over the last couple of years. He had an injury earlier this year. That's part part of why he wasn't part of the the youngster class that came up with Riley Green. 
Kerry Carpenter has been up for a couple weeks. Uh, he was crushing it in in Double A, and I'm not sure if he was in Toledo much, but I think he was leading the minors in home runs. So why not call him up? Uh, unfortunately, he's only got two home runs with the Tigers so far. As Comerica Park and Major League Pitching has uh, been confounding, but it's, I mean, it's not too surprising. A young player is not going to just destroy as soon as he gets up, but just kind of, kind of has me and other Tigers fans thinking about the the Tigers' future and what, what 2023 could look like as 2022 is an unmitigated disaster on so many levels that we've chronicled here over the previous episodes of In the Hole. Uh, one article I saw that really raised an eyebrow and I start, it made me think a lot about it was, uh, I forget who actually suggested it, but it's, it's come up several times with Javi Baez moving to second base potentially next year. And that's really because he's committed 20 errors already this year at shortstop. That he has. Uh, that matches last year's 20 errors between the Cubs and New York Mets, which are by far the, the most errors he's committed in his career. And, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot, and even throughout his Cubs career, how he makes the spectacular play. He makes, uh, he can get to balls that most shortstops can't get to, but he struggles with the routine play for whatever reason. He's got, if he's got too much time to think, he, he throws awry, and that, that happens a lot. And actually, Spencer Torkelson was uh, probably saved 10 more errors for Javi Baez by being such a vacuum cleaner at first base. Uh, so it's just a frustrating. I mean, it's just Javi being Javi. Uh, we've seen it forever. It just seems to be getting a little bit worse now. So I thought it was an interesting idea if, if you move him to second base, might take – might change that dynamic a little bit certainly an easier throw f- from second to first that than it is shortstop but you know you wonder then of course well now we've got to find another shortstop and of course i've chronicled this over and over and over again of course i would want carlos correa to be our shortstop to be a leader in, in our clubhouse uh that is something the tigers i think have lacked over over the decades, you know, strong leadership and heard a lot of things from Carlos Correa being, being a team leader. Um, again, you, you, your eyes are glossing over as I bring up Carlos Correa and the Tigers. I, we've, I think that ship has probably sailed, but doesn't mean they can't find another shortstop replacement and, and move Javi over. And I, I guess it depends on, you know, what, what is available. You know, of course, our current shortstop, Jonathan Scope, has played a tremendous second base, but we've seen his offense decline with every other Tiger uh, right. severely this year. So I mean, yeah. he's got one more year left on his deal, but you know, maybe he becomes a utility player. Maybe he plays some first base, which he did last year. Um, you know, and then we'll, we'll we'll get into the you know what the uh, potential you know, what shortstops could be or what what different things they could do in the infield. Ryan Kreidler could end up being a shortstop. We've got Zach Short. Uh, I don't think he's an everyday shortstop necessarily, but I guess we'll see where we go from there. I, we, we'll, um, you know, this is, we still have a month left in the season. I'm, and of course, I'm already moving on to 2023 for obvious reasons, but there's plenty of time to break down what, what may or may not happen in the off season. So. Yeah, I just thought I mean, that was interesting. I mean, we've seen Javi play second with 
with the Mets last year yeah. with, with Francisco Lindor at short, and they were a tremendous combo at the top of the diamond there. So, I mean, I think if you're Javi and, and you know, Correa could present himself again next year, I have a feeling he will um, not yeah. be on the Twins. I think he will be available. Um, and I don't think it, it would take a lot to – have Baez, especially he'll probably be a lot more accommodating with the with the seasons he's had thus far, even from an offensive standpoint. That yeah, you know, you're like, hey, if we got the chance, I mean, it's a done. If you move over to second, Carlos Correa's coming here. Now we have a you know, and we're gonna make some more competent moves than our prior GM made. Yeah. Um, you know, the mystery GM has to be able to make better moves than what Al Avila did. So, you know, we're, 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 we're shooting for the playoffs within the next, you know, two years tops, mm. you know, are you, you know, you're here for five, you probably want to win a championship within that window. This is how we're going to do it. So. Yeah. I, like I said, I mean, he's already been open to it with the, well, not well, it was his best he buddy. He was, was traded. Buddy, though. Yeah, that's true. He was traded to the, the Mets, so he didn't have a choice in that. Uh, I'm assuming there were conversations about that when he was signed with the Tigers that I'm, I'm guessing he said he was demanding that he would be a shortstop, but it, you know, they didn't have a shortstop to to battle him at that point anyway. So I, I guess I don't I don't just have his personality. I, you might from the outside think that he'd be a problem or have a problem with that or be be a there could be trouble there, but I don't think that. I think the the more you you know about Javi, the the less you the less you think of him as a, a clubhouse you know issue or you know it's certainly not a cancer of any sort. Um, unfortunately, he's just not hitting, and he's committing too many errors. And this has been pretty much the worst version of Javi Baez that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, definitely. But again, you, you've seen this so many times with with you know high end free agents coming to a new club with big money. They they press. They try too I mean, hard. How many times the, have we seen it? Look at the middle infield class as a whole. Yeah, everybody. I mean, everyone is underperforming what they're getting paid. Yeah, Simeon, uh, Corey Seager, yeah, um, Javi Baez, even Carlos Correa is not like. Yeah, you he's know, not light. He he's been up and he's had a couple injuries. Though, injuries were was, his main issue, but but yeah. yeah, but he's not like you know. I don't think he's thirty million dollars worth right now. So well, he's going to get another thirty million. Oh plus yeah, next plus, year he wants a yeah. one year deal. <laughs> how well he's playing for the Mets and how well the Mets are playing overall. They're they're definitely getting their money's worth out of out of him. So I'm just hoping for yeah. a similar scenario with Baez and maybe maybe a shift of positions is is. Yeah. help that as well i don't know i mean even like javi just looks like exactly what we all just outlined but he almost looks like javi when he like first came up right because he wasn't really hitting for power back then when he when he first got to the league he had home runs but not right. like what what turned into a few years ago where he's you know belting 30 30 homers right. so yeah an MVP so candidate. I, yeah an mvp candidate so you know i I think it's a year one thing with all these guys, you know, we can all, we can all say, Oh, phew, thank God we didn't sign them. But I think next year, a lot of them were going to be like, ah, damn, I wish we would have signed them. So, um, but I think if Carlos Correa leaves the twins, he's obviously not looking for a one-year deal. He's looking for a, um, um, multi-year, a, a multi-year big ass deal. So, 
I mean, outside of something with the twins that he doesn't like, I don't, I don't probably see him. Well, I guess, I guess he can, he can do the, it's not really up to him. He's going to have to exercise the option one way or the other. And then if he chooses to depart, then it's back up to the free agent market and what's going to happen there. So, yeah, well, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's essentially a given that he's going to opt out, especially since the, well, the twins might still make the playoffs here, but I think it was always when everyone saw that deal, the three year with one year options, uh, it was pretty obvious he was going to opt out and, I don't see how he's even with the injuries and, you know, maybe not the biggest numbers of his career this year. I don't see how he's hurt his, his value on the market necessarily. So I think there's going to be plenty of suitors as well. I mean, there's also, you know, Trey Turner's going to be out there. Um, I'll be talking about that eventually with my Cubs. Uh, maybe not this episode, but Xander Bogarts is going to be out there as well. So yep. the, this is probably the second best uh, shortstop class of free agents we've ever seen. So, I mean, if you're going to swing and miss on your first free agent shortstop, as the Tigers have done, why not, why not go back to the plate again and see if, see if we can pick up the shortstop of the future. And I can't, I can't wait for the uh, AJ Hinch uh, brunches. updates. <laughs> I will give you, I will give you every update that's possible. If I, if I there is footage of, AJ and Carlos uh, having another romantic brunch in Houston or wherever it happens to be. Yeah, we'll we will we'll make sure to bring every detail to you, including what they ordered, uh, the the uh, body language, the posture, yes. yeah. all of it. I'll break that down for you for sure. Um, speaking of AJ Hinch, I have a, a bit of an asshole question for you uh, in regards to Whoa. the Tigers. Asshole, here we go. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Clown question, bro. I need no kind of answer. I'll answer the question. You're goddamn right. You may fold on the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of almost like a two-parter, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you it and then oh go ahead and answer. Well, because if one in the other so do you still think aj hinch is the right manager for the tigers and if he is um or isn't but if he is do you think even if he is still the right manager that maybe he needs to make some tweaks to his coaching staff uh Yes and yes. I mean, this is probably the easiest ask Cole question you've ever given me. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I mean, obviously the team has failed every bit this year. I think it's too soon to to place all the blame anywhere other than Alavila for seven years of incompetence. Um, but to you know, there have been rumblings. To your point, there have been rumblings that maybe AJ is getting a pass and he should not be which I mean, everybody should share some of the blame within the organization, but I think I'm not ready to, to uh, pull the trigger on AJ say, you know, he, we need somebody else that I don't think we're even close to thinking that I'm not, at least I, I have the utmost confidence in, in his abilities that may or may not be misplaced. Maybe he's been a charlatan in this whole time. I, I, I don't, I don't feel that right now, but to your second point, the second part of your question, I 100% think there needs to be a shakeup with a coaching staff. Some, something needs to shift. You know, we can't just 
hope, you know, hope is not a strategy. The famous saying goes, I can't just hope that all the Tigers bats come to life as they all died this year. Um, you got to think there is some regression to the mean, you know, eventually if everyone's had a shitty year, one year that there should be a correction, a positive regression, if you might, if you right. will, but yeah, lots of people have been calling for Scott Kubel to, to be fired, uh, batting coach. That's, that's every fan base's initial reaction to poor hitting. I mean, just fire the fire, the coach. He's obviously right. fucking up, but he was also the coach last year when they didn't have these offensive issues, historically bad offensive issues. So it's like, it's not like he just suddenly forgot how to be a batting coach or is, it's chose a bunch of you know bad techniques this year versus the yeah. rest of his career. So I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a, a bad idea to, to shake things up, you know, not to, not to fire the coach, just to punish him, just to make him a scapegoat. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a shakeup, though. You know, just maybe a, a different voice, a, you know, a, a different approach. As it's clear, something has clearly failed this year. Maybe, maybe it takes new eyes. You know, something needs to shift somehow in the organization. But I'm not, I'm not going to uh, jettison the manager uh, for these failures. I think, I think he's a forward-thinking manager that I've been looking for with the Tigers for years. Uh, Analytics-driven. Um, that is something that the the Tigers have failed with their entire history that they are just now trying to catch up with. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a, a big mistake to, to give up on a, on their manager at this point. And I think he can, I think he can be the, still be the, the leader that we need and hopefully get us out of this shit. All right. Yeah. I just, you know, with, with the batting and then the poor defense again, just, I know, like, I've been calling on the south side for my manager to go away, and he had a heart wow. issue. You're hoping so. we you're hoping we fire AJ Hinch so you can hire him next year. That, that's that's well, the, I mean, the genesis maybe of this. I that see, might be easier I see for right AJ. through you, motherfucker. Well, it might be easier for AJ Hinch because they're they're uh, more seasoned players, and that's been one of the question marks mm. about AJ Hinch with the Tigers. Like, maybe the team's not seasoned enough for him to be successful with it right now. So. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought you would answer it that way. It's funny the when I when I when I look at the the Tigers though, like you literally, I have all the same problems uh, uh, over hmm. here in the yeah. AL Central. Except the the hitting coach you've gets got blamed. twice the expectations. Yeah, right, difference. right. The 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 defense is horrible. Has been since Ozzy Guillen left. So that that's a major problem. And then um, you know the the hitting coach is getting blamed even though the team hit more home runs last year and even more home runs the year prior, yeah. but he has not changed his philosophy whatsoever. So well, this uh, turns into a white Sox podcast. Just, uh, well, we, we just did a whole podcast for welcome, you. So welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the AL central, the central, welcome to the, in the central hole, as I like be to sure, say. Be sure to check out episode 10 of socks type thing that we re- recorded on Tuesday uh, for all of Pete's musings about his, uh, well, now you've won two in a row. You're White Sox, so maybe maybe they, everything's solved. Your manager goes to the hospital, and now it's well, all good. So we'll get I into think, that. Well, we'll yeah, into we will that next we'll, week. We'll get into the mysterious finding of, of home run power after the manager goes ill. <laughs> Strange. Well, I think that transitions us over to a little bit of gigantism. 
Next question. The next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gahim. Whoa. Well, before we move off the schedule, uh, it was announced as, as part of the 2023 schedule, the Giants at Padres will be playing two games in Mexico City oh, wow. on April 29th and 30th. So I, I'm i assuming the Padres are going to wear those spiffy uh, City Connect uniforms because oh, yes. I think they'll, they'll play nicely there. Inspired uh, by surfing and street tacos. And street tacos, yeah. So uh, that, that should be interesting. I believe it's the first time there's ever been games played in Mexico City. I'm not. I'm pretty sure that's what the press release said, yeah. but I thought that was worth bringing up. It's uh, hmm. it's a pretty cool idea, expanding baseball. Uh, that is cool. Over, uh, over to Mexico. But in uh, more miserable news, <laughs> things have gotten way worse since we last spoke, everybody. Oof. The Giants are now 29 games out of first place. They've lost seven in a row, including getting manhandled by the Padres over the last few games. Um, And they're now tied for fourth place with the Diamondbacks. I saw that. Uh, That's brutal. Yeah, it is. It is not good. So um, I started thinking, like, what? What went wrong? Right. What? Where, did, Where the... did it all go wrong? <laughs> Where did it all go wrong? Where, where did the Giants really... It was all in the offseason, of course, but um, what led to it? And I, I pulled out three main things, but they mm. all kind of play off of one another in a way. Um, first thing I want to bring up is... They just left their bullpen intact, which on the surface seems to make sense. They had a lights out bullpen last mm. year. Um, the problem is they had six pitchers in that bullpen pitch over 50 innings. The most that's ever happened on a major league team in the history of baseball is three relief pitchers have logged over 50 innings of, uh, in a, you know, with their appearances. Mm. So I think they kind of owed it to the team to try to get some relief help in there. Because, you know, even though you get the, the off season, you know, it is, it is, it does all that wear and tear builds up over time sure. and, and their bullpen has been horrendous this year. So I think that was uh, the first ball dropping of the ball. Um, then they expected an offense that overproduced to basically just do the same thing again. Yeah, you led the league in home runs, didn't you? Yeah, and we were not expected to, nor no. nor really should should we have last year, but we did. So we and said, won okay, seven games doing it. Yeah, and won 107 games doing it, and that really glossed over the terrible defense they played last year too, because they could hit their way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that is not the case this year, and um, it. Like, again, why that was the, you know, I, I guess it's like, it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But you got all the analytical data there to see how much above the mean these guys performed last year. 
I don't know why the expectation would be they're suddenly going to all have um, lights out seasons again this year. Like that mm-hmm. should not have been the expectation. And then like the, the third thing, and it's along those lines, thinking everyone was going to have an awesome year again. They signed Brandon Crawford to an extended deal. Mm-hmm. Who's only getting older. They st- signed D Scalafini to a three-year contract. Now, when you read about it, some people say, uh, some analysts say that happened because the strike was about to happen and they wanted to make sure they had a fourth man in the rotation before you went into the strike and then everyone was looking for pitchers when you came out of the strike. But they signed him to a three-year, $36 million deal, which... It was a lockout, by the way. Yeah, lockout. Did I say strike? Yeah, Yeah. I want to blame blame the owners for this. It is the owner's fault. So the the lockout... um, I don't know that he had to sign him to a three-year, $36 million deal deal to get it done. He, again, he was another guy who Mm. outperformed what he should have, and the regression has occurred this year. He's terrible. And then you have Brandon Belt, which he was, uh, you know, he's another guy who's just getting older and the skills are diminishing. So you thought these three guys, because of the magic, the lightning you caught in a bottle the year prior, we're going to, you know, lead you to the promised land again. The only signing <laughs> that was really a good one was Rodon. And Boy. somehow with a, with a competent training staff, he doesn't get injured. So, mm. and now he's going to be able to write his ticket, much like Carlos Correa we were talking about earlier, where he's just going to opt out and probably go sign a fat contract barring any hiccup over the last month of the season. So, He's he's overshot expectations I had for yeah, him. And just wasted on this team. Just that's wasted. Just, that sucks. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's all the front office's fault. And, you know, signing Crawford, bringing Belt back, these California, all the fans loved it. It was like they're all, you know, all the fans love those guys, but it really was a disservice to the fans too that that you didn't do your due diligence and really try to go out. And if you really wanted to compete this year, really put a team on the field that was truly going to sustain the, the numbers that you had the year prior, because the team bringing the same team back, everyone knew we knew I had them squeaking into a wild card spot. You didn't even have them making the playoffs, which you're obviously correct on that. And, and it's exactly what they've done. There was no, there was no way anyone with the information in front of them should have thought that, that they, that it was sustainable. Yes. Perfectly said Smitty. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they did, all we did now is lose a year in putting things in motion properly. And, you know, we're tied to Crawford for, I think, two more years now. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, he he had, you know, been, I mean, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, like how well he's played, three championships, everything else. And I feel like he's just dropped off a cliff this year. Like this was, he was showing no signs of, of decline up until this year, essentially. Yeah. So that, that's, I mean, kind of need to expect something as, as a player gets this old, but Again, I mean, it's a little bit hard hard to project that such a precipitous decline. He because I mean, he was like a twenty five home run guy, wasn't he uh, last well, year? Well, yeah, he had he had a unexpectedly huge power season last year. So, <laughs> boy, 
I blame the humidor, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it's for yeah. everyone's problems. But it's fucked up everyone's world. It has, but I mean, obviously with the Giants, I'm looking towards 2023, but I don't think it's you know outside of sweeping changes, which I don't know that they'll be able to do. You know, I don't know what they're going to be like. So, I mean, they're losing. You can you can say for sure they're losing Carlos Rodon unless they give him the the contract he's looking for. So you're yes, back could. to yeah. Maybe could. he wants to be there. Maybe he enjoys yeah enjoys the Bay Area. Yeah. You so that, that I guess that is a possibility, but I don't know. I'm just. Debbie Downer on the Giants right now because it, it not only did it like start to it, it is just <laughs> turned in it, it, it is it's somewhat reminiscent of like when uh, our Chicago teams would have these like great first halves of the season and you'd be like holy shit we're going to the playoffs this year and then all of a sudden they hit one fucking series and then it's like they fell off a cliff and suddenly yeah. you know they lose like like 19 out of 21 games or something. And that's almost like the pace the the Giants are playing at now. It's just bad, bad news. Yeah, so We've all seen it. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, it for my sunny uh, outlook on the Giants for the remainder of this year in 2023. Well, that takes us over to my Chicago Cubs. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Which things? And another thing I'm going to say. I've won over 1,800 games in the manager, and I'm not a damn dumb. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Cubs have actually looked decent since since the All Star break. They they had won several series in a row until they lost a series to the Cardinals and then to the Brewers and now to the Toronto Blue Jays. But uh, they've been very competitive in all of that, which was kind of unexpected. As I could see a tailspin coming, especially with you know getting getting rid of the back end of their bullpen essentially at the trade yeah. deadline. So, but the bullpen's been all right. Uh, the starting pitching has been really good actually, and there, there's some young hitters emerging as well, uh, which has been kind of fun to see. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously this is the last year. Everything's looking towards 2023. Uh, what, what the Cubs could possibly do. I, I call them, uh, the sleeping giants, not, not, not to be talking about your San Francisco giants, but the Cubs are, are acting like a small market team. And that, that is what is, been the the centerpiece of this podcast for the last couple of years and how annoying that is and how how it is disingenuous uh how it is cheating the fans uh how essentially the rickets and now jed hoyer essentially are lying to the fans saying they can't uh, act like a big market club that they are they have their own television network they are in the third largest market in the country uh, they have the resources to act like a big market team and not have to rebuild or retool or whatever the rebuild that shall not be called a rebuild, whatever Jed rebuild. Hoyer wants to call it. It's not it's a not rebuild. A... Uh, whatever we're going through this year should not have happened in my mind, but I've talked about this forever. So regardless, this is where we're at, but how, I guess I'd rather look at how we can dig ourselves out of this. And that's why I'm again, looking to 2023 and, 
some interesting rumors cropped up this week that I thought we should talk about. Uh, whether how realistic they are or not is up to, up to debate, but that's why we've got a fucking podcast here. So I don't know if you saw the same headlines that the Cubs could possibly go after Shohei Otani as soon as next year, uh, potentially trading for him in this offseason uh, as he's in the final year Final year, uh, 2023 was last year of his original deal. Uh, the Cubs would, would possibly be in a position to to trade for him. Uh, obviously, the Angels uh, have a new owner coming in as the failed Artie Moreno regime is coming to an end. I think he took over the Angels in 2003, the year after they won the World Series, and they've just been a shithole ever since, even though they spend more money than anybody. They don't, they don't develop any other players. They can't develop a pitching staff. They are just a a sham of an organization that just spends a ton of money. Uh, So there's big change coming to the angels and that's why Otani might be on the market. And certainly since he's only got one year left in his deal, it sounds like he does not want to be there any longer. And I think it's plausible that he'd be interested in coming to the Cubs, but the you know that wouldn't be up to him if the if there's a trade involved. But you know the the speculation is it would take any organization's top three or four prospects to get the unicorn that is Shohei Otani. I mean we we have not seen this. We we've talked about this forever. How what the skill set he brings to a team is unparalleled. We have not seen anything like this. I mean, everyone brings up the, the Babe Ruth analogy, the pitcher and hitter. I think he's, he's probably in a way he's put up seasons that are better than Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth wasn't doing this at the same time. Nope. So, uh, it, he's worth any organization's top three or four prospects probably. But the issue is that's, that's just for one year. And that's where I'm a, a little hesitant. You know, the the, the Cubs sold sold off the the golden era of Cubs baseball in the, over the last two years, selling off every uh, folk hero that has been in a Cubs uniform over the last decade uh, to build up their system, to build up their prospects, and they have done so. They they have the, the now the tenth ranked, to, according to some, the tenth ranked farm system after it was in the high 20s, I believe, before before the big sell-off. So they've done their job. There's a lot of interesting players coming through, but is it worth dumping all of those for one player for one year? Actually, two players is, is one way you could look at Otani being, a, being the DH and a front of the front of the rotation starter. So I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it for 2023. I think we've seen... You know, like I just said, you know, there's some there's some positives that we've seen out of this young group uh, in the last couple of months, but I don't think they're really all like ready to go for a championship next year. I think I think they're going to be better. I think they are going to spend money. That that's at least what propaganda we've been getting out of the front office uh, to encourage season ticket sales potentially for next year. Um, I do believe they will spend money. They've got the money to spend, whether they spend it the way as much as I want or the way I want is is to be seen. But yeah, I I don't think I don't think next year's the year to put all your put all your eggs in one basket to get no. Otani and go for it in twenty twenty three. No, 
I think they go for it and they sign him as a free agent in 2024. That is where the might of the Cubs organization can flex its muscle, where you've had, at that point, you've had your own television network for five years at that point. You know, if that thing is not turning a profit by now, uh, then they need to reevaluate the entire business model. Uh, that is what has been promised to Cubs fans for years as we've heard speculation about the marquee network and then we've seen it come to life only to fizzle. I'm not sure how many people even watch it at this point. Uh, plenty of people still go to the games but their, their ratings are very, very low compared to what they were projecting. So yeah, they need a spark at some point, but that, that thing's got to turn a profit. Um, Regardless, they've got money beyond that. We, we've talked about this forever, how every owner has plenty of money to spend, let alone the Ricketts. Uh, they have all the money available to them that they choose choose to spend or choose not to spend. So that would be a, a place to spend it, I think, on, on Otani. Not that they wouldn't have competition, but again, Chicago should act like the Yankees. They're, there's no reason they shouldn't be the Yankees or the Dodgers. They can, they can work in those those that stratosphere and i think signing otani in 2024 would would be the sign that they're not fucking around anymore uh this is gonna be an easy conversation because i you know i saw it on the notes and i'm with you 100 percent. you you don't give up you don't give up four of your your top guys for a rental for a year that you're not ready to to go for it yet Mm -hmm. um because they would have to do a crazy level of investment to make it worth trading those guys for him yeah. in the free agent market. And like you said, not that they can't do it, but I don't think they would do it. And, and why not keep the, keep those four top tier prospects. And like you said, sign them for his $50 million a year contract. He's going to get, yep. which if you look at it, since you're getting two players, that's pretty cheap. Cause that's 25 million a player. <laughs> like, like, I like, that, like, yeah. like, like what I, you know, people are like, Oh, 50 million a year is crazy. No, it's not, not for this guy. Yeah. That's a great way a- to look at it. Every fucking team should have a blank check for what it's going to take to get this guy. And we've seen uh, that with out, many out, teams outside you know. of, outside of him having some sort of, you know, injury, but I think right. he had his injury early because he came over, he wasn't used to, you know, you know, he was adjusting to, you know, different climates. It's like a whole, there's a whole bunch of things when a player comes over from another yeah. country and he probably, you know, maybe pushed a little too hard to make that impact and then got yeah. himself injured. He is, he's awesome. Well, I mean, reigning, and, and, reigning MVP. He's right. in line like, yeah. to win his second MVP potentially this year. It's, yeah. it's clear what his talents are, yeah. uh, but but yeah, I think I think the 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 one year gamble just doesn't kind of fit with the cub the Cubs timeline that they put themselves in by by backing up. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense with the even though I I thought it was a a bad way to do business to to do a complete rebuild again. Um, this is where we are, and they're not positioned to go all in for one year on on Otani, but they will be yeah. for long term after this. So no, there are teams that if if. You know, it'll be interesting to see what the new ownership wants to do. Um, I can't Trout's under contract for much longer than Otani for like the rest of our lives. Yeah, probably. yeah. So, so outside of now that that now just hear me out on this one. It, if I'm looking at it from 
uh, new ownership group coming in. Mike's been a lot less reliable so far over the like the last two years than yeah, Otani has. Two. Yeah, and Otani is certainly right up there as being like the face of baseball because of what a unique individual he is. Do if I'm the ownership group, I trade I because he's got all those all those years left on his contract. So so you have control over him. I tried to trade Trout for the bundle. And then sign Otani and build around Otani. Well, but, yeah, that gets a lot, lot trickier. I'm sure there's Angels podcasts that are breaking, breaking these ideas down. But I'm, I'm less interested in what the, what the Angels are going to do. But yeah, I mean, if Mike Trout came on the trade market somehow, that would, that would definitely make some headlines. And I think I, I haven't heard speculation about that, but that would be fun, fun to speculate for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see what direction uh, this new ownership uh, group goes. But I think, like you know, with uh, with him becoming a free agent and the reckless uh, reckless spending of Moreno on uh, front office overall on some really bad fucking players that have they've never done the proper build around Trout as they should have. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with a new ownership group, you know, how that changes for them, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I love the idea of Otani being out there for 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 all my teams. So we'll mm. we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, that'll be fun to fun to look at over this off season. In other Cubs news or Cubs related news, the aldermen of Wrigleyville or of Lakeview actually, Wrigleyville happens to be a neighborhood within Lakeview, but uh, Tom Tunney. Alderman Tom Tunney is retiring suddenly, he announced this week. Uh, Lord Tunney of Wrigleyville is how I'd like to refer to him. You may have, may or may not remember this over the the history of this podcast and our blog. I've railed against Tom Tunney and his corrupt regime in Lakeview uh, for years now, as it is obvious at every point in the Wrigley Field renovation, he was an obstacle in only an obstacle because he was looking for a bribe. Uh, it was obvious I, to me, at least what he was doing. He, uh, he was basically every step of the way, the Ricketts family spending their own money, not taxpayer dollars to do the $1 billion renovation of Wrigley field. As much as I like to rip on Ricketts uh, ever since his biblical losses comment during the pandemic, he did spend his own money, did not ask for a single taxpayer dollar to make make Wrigley into what it is today. Uh, you know, it was always beautiful, but it, was, it had some serious issues. And now it is a state-of-the-art ballpark that, uh, again, should be generating revenues that uh, put them in the upper echelon of Major League Baseball. But uh, Tom Tunney, of course... Uh, somehow retired suddenly or is announcing his retirement suddenly without explanation. There was no, no uh, reason given for him to end his 20 year career as an alderman. So it leads to rampant speculation and it's not hard to connect some dots here as, you know, I don't even live in Chicago anymore. I thank God uh, to get away from that political corruption and the ridiculous tax base that I no longer have to pay for White Sox ballpark anymore, uh, other things like that. But 
the obvious corruption within Chicago Alderman is hysterically hilarious and historic. It is not, it is a uh, thinly veiled secret that most aldermen are completely corrupt. There are currently 10 aldermen of the 50 aldermen, 10 have recently resigned, have been indicted or have moved on to other positions in the last year and a half. And Tunney uh, joins that list. Uh, and so the the idea that he didn't even give a reason for leaving his post that he has enjoyed for over two decades uh, really lends to the idea that he's finally getting his comeuppance and there might be some charges coming his way as has happened to a lot of his uh, colleagues uh, and have certainly happened over the history of Chicago where bribery to aldermen is uh, not a not a unknown uh, crime at least so I find that interesting that we've we're now finally seeing the end of the the Cubs arch nemesis Lord Tunney of Wrigleyville that's a shame it didn't happen earlier <laughs> you know everything was delayed you know there's so many little things that happened throughout that I, I was blogging about it at the time and I think we talked about it several times different things that would, would happen after we started the podcast but yeah it just seems so obvious to me he was just looking for a handout like just oh, yeah. being being a you know a, a monkey wrench in the works just just trying to fuck things up just so they had to pay him to get right. through to get past it so yeah that was the things we talked about since the podcast are like the night game schedule like him limiting that um you know anything anything that made it more difficult for and again i i will say this over and over again every neighbor every resident of that neighborhood should kiss the Cubs ass because their property value with the way that area was before the yep. Cubs took off and before they turned that into a destination neighborhood mm -hmm. um, that started with the Tribune company and was, has been put on steroids by the Ricketts family, your property value would be shit. When I lived there, and if only I wasn't just out of college mm. and was smarter about things. The, you had an apartment one half block north of Wrigley? That's right. I was down the street from the firehouse. The three flat or two flat, excuse me, with basement next to the place I was renting sold for $250,000. <laughs> it is probably worth $2.5 million right now. What year were you there? I was there in, uh, let's see, my 1997. 97, okay. yeah. Well, I owned property from 2003 through 2020, uh, uh, about a mile north of Wrigley, and I can tell you the my property values did quite well with, with, with the Cubs there. Uh, yeah, Lakeview is a beautiful neighborhood. I lived in different apartments throughout the neighborhood before I bought my condo. Uh, it's an awesome place, but a lot of the reason it's an awesome place is because the Cubs have been there for a hundred fucking years and for aldermen or neighbors to be upset about what the Cubs are doing with their neighborhood is ridiculous. I yep. mean, you should be thankful just like you pointed out. So it just, again, it just, it just points out, uh, how corrupt Tom Tony is. And it's just very, very interesting to me, at least, that he is retiring under auspicious or suspicious circumstances. So, thought it was a well, perfect ending to his. So, be on the lookout for headlines about his soon soon indictment or whatever. Whatever yeah, we we'll see. see next with him, we'll see. We'll cover it here. 
Uh, one final quick tidbit for for my Cubs I just had to bring up. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the Cubs were in Toronto this week, and there was some footage that leaked onto social media of a couple of fans uh, having a really good time at the Rogers Center, I believe it's called. Uh, up in the, it looked like it was in the far reaches of the upper deck in a kind of a corner, last row. Uh, a male and female were getting it on, so to speak, uh, in, in the top row. Unfortunately, wow. uh, the footage I saw was blurted out. Uh, there was uh, several security guards slowly making their way towards. Yeah, how do you do that? Towards Jeez. the couple. Yeah, it was. How do you handle was, that? Yeah, uh, they were not in a hurry, uh, as a lot of security oh. guards are. We've seen in many, in a lot of footage, usually involving fights, are usually not in a big hurry to do anything. But they were definitely not in a hurry to to break this up. I don't know if there's a, a you know, if there's a textbook on how to handle this as a security guard in a stadium. Uh, watch a couple people fucking in the top row, but uh, apparently they they did break it up. There is a uh, there's an investigation into into the said situation. Uh, but this is not a, an isolated incident. And this well, is actually, uh, sorry, just real quick. You know, that's like a, cause of that hotel, this has happened there before. Oh, okay. You, you might caught, know, know more than I do. Well, it's been caught on camera. Like, cause the hotel has those rooms that look over the field and mm -hmm. they, they, there was an incident like a couple years after it opened of two people having sex. Oh, in the hotel, in the hotel. But because, like you could see it if you were sitting in the ballpark. It was like a free show. Yeah, it's an extra show for you. Extra you get more, show. more. You get a baseball game and, and some porn for you, live that's porn a, for you. That's a that's a redefined seventh inning stretch, there, folks. Well, the, <laughs> well, this was literally in the stands. It was uh, in that's the, crazy. That's yeah, crazy. It, uh, but like I said, this is not an isolated incident, uh, and it actually leads me directly into my fucking A's. I mean, it's the kind of guy walks into a room, his dick has already been there for two minutes. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Holy Toledo! I'm just saying, girlfriend is a six at best. Fucking A. Uh, literally fucking A's as a similar <laughs> a similar incident was was filmed in the top row of the upper deck in Ring Central Coliseum. I, I finally learned oh, the name. I did not even know that. Wow. I, I finally learned the name of Rolls the, right the off the tongue. Coliseum. I just call it the Coliseum, whatever. Oakland shithole, but uh, yeah, there was a completely empty upper deck, surprise, surprise, except for another couple in the top row in the top corner. They were not actually fucking. They were, there seemed to be some oral sex involved in this, but yeah, all right. the, foot, the footage was uh, interesting. Just somebody captured, of course, on their, on their cell phone from far away, but the best part was in perfect rhythm. Uh, you could hear the the crowd chanting "Let's go Oakland," <laughs> while while the act was occurring, uh, far away, fortunately. But uh, just just too unbelievable. Like I was gonna I was gonna bring this up. I haven't talked about the A's in a while, actually, for because they are the worst team in Major League Baseball. Although they've they've won some series lately, they might be turning the corner as we look to look towards twenty twenty three. They might be better than better than i thought or some some had hoped but uh 
yeah, it was just amazing that I was going to bring this up anyway. And then the, the Cubs and and Blue Jays have a similar incident in the same week. So there's there's some interesting things going on. You know, your your teams might not be great, but you find a way to have fun at the ballpark, one way or the other. I guess having fun at the old ballpark. <laughs> Well, that's all I've got uh, for my A's. <laughs> There's not much else to talk about. I thought that was too too funny not to not to bring up, as I've called this segment, the fucking A's. Uh, yeah. Literally, that's happening in the ballpark. So uh, with that, I think uh, we should go ahead and take a break, unless you had anything else before we move on to part two. Uh, I'm... I'm- I'm speechless. You're speechless. I'm speechless. It's <laughs> a lot to and, digest right there. And I know what's coming up also, speaking of digesting and things okay. and shit we couldn't make up. Yeah. And and I, I, I'm going to be speechless again, probably. But yeah, we, we've got some great shit you couldn't make up. We've got a dumbass uh, injury of the week and, of course, our asshole of the week here in the second half of In the Hole. So we will be right back here on the Word Hole Media Network. Word Hole Media Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Pete from Major League A-Holes, the show. And are you enjoying our podcast? Well, if you are, why don't you show us some love and support us and get something in return at our new aesthetic shop. Do you like to annoy your inner town rivals? Then White Sox fans, why don't you buy a Rizzo Suck shirt or you fucking A's fans, get a Posey Suck shirt from our Ass Face of the Franchise collection. You want to celebrate the legends of baseball? We got the hammer, the bird, the wizard. Oh, the great catfish hunter. As the great Hawk Carrollson used to say, he loved catfish. That's from our badass collection. Or do you want to just support your area? So you got the Northside, Southside, Motor City, and Bay Area collections. Again, all of this is available at aesthetics.shop. The official shit of Major League A-Holes. Well, we need to open up part two of episode one twenty or one thirteen. Do you even know with, what we're doing? Uh, I'm not sure. You're you got? <laughs> there, did your lights go out over there? What's going on over there? You know Suddenly what? dark. I, I think I need to get a. Uh, yeah, I think I need to get a. a different... Pay the electric bill. No, you know when we started this, when I moved to this this new setup, you're um, in the loft now. We, yeah, the loft was it was a sunnier a lot later. Oh. And as as it's starting to get darker earlier, I'm I'm realizing I need a probably a little bit more of a powerful light up here, <laughs> or maybe it's better this way for maybe it our is. YouTube I, viewers, YouTube and Facebook viewers. Maybe we, maybe we don't need wait, to see our faces. See if I take my hat off, it's a little better, right? I get a little more. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? I mean, is this is this the yeah, best? That'll work. <laughs> I'll still wear it. Well, with the way the baseball season's going, maybe I will wear a paper bag next week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we should we should definitely start out with some shit you couldn't oh. make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a sturdy cemetery. Come out to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Number one uh actually happened in New York in during a Yankees game. And I think this everyone's seen this. If you're listening to a baseball podcast at this point, you've probably seen this viral video uh, i mean it was covered on on local news outlets here in like yeah. the fun little segments a yankees fan got Ugh. a beer and a hot dog which is a very standard <laughs> classic thing to do. i classic I've, I've baby done that hundreds of times in my life potentially 
What I have not done is also grabbed a straw, used that straw to core out the center of the hot dog uh-huh. to make a straw out of right. the hot dog, drop that into my beer, and essentially suck the, suck the dick of, a, of the <laughs> I mean of this dog Please, beer right. combination in in broad daylight uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know how else to describe this it was one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen like this is obviously premeditated this is a yeah. a ritual this individual has uh, to get get the most enjoyment out of his baseball game um i mean this is a good transition out of how we ended part one of this segment with the uh sex acts happening in both uh, toronto and oakland but this was, I almost felt like this should have been had like blurred been blurred out or been <laughs> censored somehow. It should have actually. I'm I'm guessing you saw the same video I'm referring to. I saw the same video and my you know one of my thoughts was the person who filmed it like caught the whole thing. So this, I've got thoughts about this too. So so now I'm believing this guy had already done it earlier that night. I've got a different theory. Okay. Well, my theory was I'm this like, is his oh, second. This second is like his dog and beer, beer dog blow job. Of I mean, the night. He's, he's like, I need another beer. Well, you can't drink your beer without the, without the dick straw, the cock straw. I got cock the cock straw. straw. <laughs> and you know, I'm wiener like, straw. Let's go. Wiener straw. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need, so, yeah. Don't do that uh, again. Well, I am. I am Jesus. just going to drive you nuts. But Literally, you. Uh, I first saw it thanks to you because you posted it to the socks type thing, uh, Twitter, Twitter feed, yeah. feed, and I just I think I said speechless hashtag speechless or something yeah. like I, I was, and in in theory, like you know there is a nice flavor profile when you have a hot dog and beer together, but why couldn't you, know you just what? dip it? Yeah, like if the, you like... have to. Like the hot dog eating competition, they always dip yeah. the, dip the dogs into water of some sort to help them help them consume faster or consume more. Right. Um, maybe maybe that was his idea, but yeah, there's no bun involved in this. Um, uh, the theory I have, and I've seen this other places, it's not my own, but I think you mentioned the that it was being it was caught perfectly on video. The the person was sitting in the perfect vantage point uh, had obviously was ready to to tape this or to capture this moment yes. on his phone. Uh, I think it was set up. I think, I think they, they were in cahoots. He was good. The, the, uh, the, I don't know what you call it. The protagonist of this story, <laughs> what you would call this, the perpetrator of this story. Uh, either. Penetrator. Oh, you said <laughs> was, perpetrator. Sorry. Yeah. Was, That's the uh, other stories were the penetrators. Sorry. He was perfectly sat on the aisle within within view of everyone in the vicinity. He, you know, sat sat his beer on the ground in in the aisle essentially to set things up. The person that was filming was a row back. Uh, was perfectly placed to to film film the festivities. I think they were in cahoots. I think they knew each other. I think I think this was set up to, to make a be. viral moment. I don't know why you'd want. Uh, an intimate moment, your intimate moment with a hot dog and a beer to be, to be uh, viewed by the world. I mean, he obviously didn't care about everyone seeing in the stadium. So I guess uh, getting it to a larger audience wouldn't be a problem either, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to describe, hard to figure out what was going on there, the thought process, but 
I'm hoping this doesn't become a trend. I don't know if I've, I haven't seen it in other places. You see uh, all sorts of weird TikTok challenges going on on different social medias, uh, mediums. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's caught on. It was If it was going to catch on, I think we would have seen more videos by now. So thankfully, maybe that, that, that this has come and gone. We don't have to ever witness this again. But I don't know if you've seen anything like this in your life. No, and I don't ever want to again. And and I don't think it was really a viral video. I think it was a vile video. Ah, it's a new, a new category, well, the vile yeah. video that goes well viral. I, I like mean, that. just just fucking. I, <laughs> like I I saw it uh, whatever night that was. You put it on 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 Twitter, and then I was watching news the next morning, and they covered it during sports. On yeah, WGN, it was a national story on WGN, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me? I can't get away from this." Just freaking disgusting act tell your kids to look away jesus i know that on wgn what's going on here exactly (laughs) that was definitely some shit i couldn't make up uh my next Mm. shit i couldn't make up actually was came directly from you i'm a giver i'm a giver (laughs) for this for this program i forget was it last saturday i believe it was last saturday i was out for a walk uh i got a text message out of the blue from you <laughs> uh was not prepared. I was didn't think anything big was happening in baseball at the moment, so I didn't well, really have did any I. context. Uh, I was I was listening to a podcast, I think, at the time. Not our podcast. I should always be listening to our podcast to get better. That should it, be my, it, it my makes goal me all the time. it makes me have a more effective workout listening to myself talk and you. <laughs> Uh, but the text you sent was perplexing to me on on several levels. All right. Uh, tell tell. Do you have the text up there? I I, I can get the text up there. Yeah. Let me. I should have had you prepare. Well, prepare for this. I, 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 I don't have to go that. I I have it up here. Uh, let I me got see it here someplace. But the idea that uh, <laughs> Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman could be signed to a major long term deal was the was the crux of your text to me out of context. You know, again, I wasn't, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't watching, watching a game or anything. I didn't know what was going on. So uh, you sent me a text about Adley Rutschman. I, I, no, I no, here's, here's what happens. Okay. So, this, okay and okay. you and I have not, again, you and I yeah. have not talked about this. This is only, yeah, this has only been figured out over text messages. I'm dying I, to hear yeah, what I, really happened in this story. So I'm on, I'm on the Twitter. <laughs> and uh, one of those, like, you know, like the looking just like the prof- not that we're not all if you have access to a graphic arts program, you can do amazing things in a short amount of time these days. <laughs> but looking like those MLB announcements when like a major signing happens is a picture of Adley Rushman Rushman that says 20 years, 600 million dollars. <laughs> and it says. Orioles, Orioles sign Rutschman to 20 years, $600 million contract. And I'm so like, you immediately then sent me a text message that, that said, do you have the, that text? No, now? I do not have, I do okay, not have the I, message, I, I but can, I know I what I said. I, 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 I called him you. Andy, <laughs> yes. Andy Rutschman, Andy Rutschman, 20 years, $600 million. <laughs> and I, I, my, as I'm walking down the street, trying to, trying to digest this information all i could type back was what why 
Who's I, Andy? Well, that's and the, the thing. I, I figured you were talking about Adley Rutschman. So that was, I think that was my reply. <laughs> didn't you mean Adley? Uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't go on to Twitter or anything like that. Cause I, again, I was out for a walk. So I, but you soon figured out uh, that you were, you were tricked by the I, interwebs. Yes. I looked more closely at the tweet, and it was from the Baltimore Orioles, not oh. the Baltimore Orioles. Double O. <laughs> I don't know why it ended up. In, yeah, why is it on your feed? Why are you following those my, guys? Other than I'm not. It just ended up in my feed. Some algorithm decided to to hose me to <laughs> to not only have me like in a frantic, not even think about it. I call him Andy Rush. Uh, yeah, I love Rushman. it. You were so excited about it. I was like, I'm like, Oh my God. In the wrong name. Even I, I was like, I was like, this is going to be so great. We're just going to fucking blast this deal on the podcast. <laughs> well, he is There's like a, the greatest catcher of all time so far. Like well, in his career, yeah, I, it's, I, it's kind of ridiculous actually what he's done. And he did a lot of that to your white Sox last week, but well, yeah. So that's why you should remove those stats and then just look at the rest of the season. <laughs> But yeah, the idea that anyone would be signed to a twenty-year deal six, six, for six hundred million, million dollars as a that's catcher. Yeah. he's a uh, wait. He's twenty-four now, so he would be forty-four at the end. Forty-four-year-old catcher. Well, they've got DHs now. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the miracle of modern science uh, yes, and modern yes. social media. You got you got duped. It's happened to the best of us. But I mean, it was good. You said you said this should really be a shit you couldn't make up, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did it for the show. Smitty. Yeah, you're, you're, you're creating our own content. This is fantastic. So. <laughs> Be sure I got a laugh out of it. That was a that was a fun five minutes as I was I was walking walking down Canal Road. <laughs> like, why is this? They, they probably thought you were some crazy guy laughing over there. <laughs> it's not a heavily populated area, so yeah. <laughs> Look at the crazy guy. I, laughing. I was definitely laughing out loud. I'm not sure how many people actually <laughs> saw it, but <laughs> uh, shit. that was that was some shit I couldn't make up, and I had to bring it up on this podcast. It was yeah. I really I really needed an explanation more than anything. What what happened from yeah? Side, I got so. I got duped by the Orioles <laughs> be on the lookout kids don't fall for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles <laughs> well that leads us into I was going to put another shit you couldn't make up but then I f- forgot we have a whole segment called dumbass injury of the week oh man I see some crazy ass shit in my town <laughs> oh fudge that's broken fiddle gee that will require a tetanus shot. Oh, fuck's happening? Oh, oh, man. Shit. Oh, man, I shot Mormon in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? I didn't mean to do it as an accident. Coming from me being a dumbass to the dumbass injury of the week. <laughs> it's, a per- it's a perfect segue. You're, you're almost like a professional <laughs> over there. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Uh, our dumbass injury of the week uh, happens to come to a former asshole of the week. And uh, I guess, I mean, one of the greatest closers of all time, but uh, a dude has made some curious decisions over his time is Araldus sure Chapman ended up on the IL this week due to a, an infection in his leg that he got from a tattoo. And I can't, I mean, this is obviously a self-inflicted wound. You know, no one forced him to get a tattoo during the season. Uh, you qu- question the decision making, but you're a, you're a tattoo guy. I have one tattoo. You have multiple tattoos. Have you ever gotten an infection from your tattoo? 
No, I don't. I, I mean, maybe maybe he went to a friend's house and had it done or something, or well, in an alley. Uh, those you know, those are the, the that, field. I mean, those are the questions. Like that's the speculation. What? Where is he going to get this tattoo where he gets infected? to the point where he cannot perform his duties as a major league closer or reliever at this point. Yeah. The other, the other question I have is what do you think about leg tattoos? I, 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 I mean, think, I don't I think that's awesome for, for women, but uh, dudes with leg tattoos, uh, it's, it's a weird, weird thing to me. I don't, I never understood. I'm why not sure want. what I would put on my leg, but you know, maybe if, if the, if the, right thing maybe but never thought about it never thought yeah, if you're about gonna get a leg tattoo my, what would be leg. the right what would be the correct tattoo to have on your leg what What do you think araldus got on his leg i don't even know what he got did you i didn't hear what it was i don't i don't think it's been revealed i mean i'm assuming it's a koi fish or whatever cliche maybe barbed wire whatever cliche <laughs> barbed wire maybe it's a a fastball yeah. going down his going what, down what his, do you put on your leg uh, i just calf. I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not anti-tattoo. I have one. Yeah. I just like tattoos. Uh, I mean, I've seen some guys who do like almost like a, like on the, below the knee, they do like on their calf and like almost yeah. like a sleeve, like a leg sleeve sort of thing. But you know, um, I mean, I, I say to each their own, but it's sure. not, it's not like, like, this you is know, our podcast, I, though, so I want to yeah. get our opinions out there about yeah, this. Yeah, no, no, yeah, because everyone I mean, needs to know our opinions uh, yeah, on they, tattoos. They do. they do like, like, <laughs> like. I already know if I get another tattoo, mine's going on my forearm. I've never even considered the leg as a tattooable area at this point in time. I think the forearms are the coolest places to get tattoos. I do, I do not have one because I'm not that cool. Obviously, it takes a commitment. Uh, I also I'm approaching 50 years old i think i'm probably done getting tattoos yeah you're never too old to get a tattoo smitty i think it would be cool to have forearm tattoos the sleeve is cool i don't think there's anything cool about leg tattoos i think i just don't get it so the fact that Araldus chose to do this meanwhile mind you he's in the in the midst of the worst season of his career he's got a 4-7 era he's lost the closer role for the yankees uh he's not just a shell of his former self and he's getting tattoos in a manner that will uh jeopardize his season uh where you know the yankees are in a kind of a tailspin right now and this certainly doesn't help uh i don't know it's just a, a series of poor decisions by Araldus chapman and that was it's not an injury but i mean it certainly is dumbass and it puts him on the injured list so he's got he's a perfect dumbass injury of the week yeah, I mean, he's not helping the cause of a once easy, easily winning, winnable division. Now, you know, it's in jeopardy. Is, that is in jeopardy. East. Yeah, six games out are the are the are the Rays. And, oh my and, goodness! And his uh, his poor pitching performance, and now now, I mean, you can't really. It's it's the wrong time of the season to be down a bullpen arm, especially because someone got a fucking tattoo. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Use alcohol. Just clean that shit. It's well. Fun. That's the it thing. Was... Did he maybe not just clean it because he's a dumbass? He is a I mean, dumbass. You just, you just clean it in one day and it's healed up and it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean was he not doing the the proper regimen? I don't know. He either went to a shitty fucking place, which would make no sense with the money he has. Yeah. Or he didn't. He didn't ever wash it <laughs> when he should have. Yikes. Ugh. So. Well, that 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 leads us well into our final segment for the evening. Asshole of the week. Assholes of the week. 
What is your problem? You insensitive asshole. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. We've got multiple assholes of the week because uh, two different uh, players and former players um, made similar errors. Uh, boy, well, let's start with Marcel Azuna, who is a former asshole of the week. Uh, last year, last May, I believe, we made him our asshole of the week for uh, his domestic violence. Uh, I guess it had to be a, an actual uh was he actually convicted of it? I mean, at that point, I think it was still charges, but the charges were filed by the police because they witnessed him choking his wife. I mean, it makes you wonder, I mean, horribly, what was happening when the police weren't there. Right. So now, Marcelo Zuna from the world champion Atlanta Braves clearly has not learned any lessons from his ridiculous behavior. He's... Uh, been suspended for a DUI now, so he, he's uh, not making not making many good decisions. Speaking of Araldus Chapman's series of poor decisions, I think uh, Marcel Azuna is in a similar case. I mean, what a what a train wreck this guy is! You know, you'd think on a world championship team there'd be a, a high a high standard, or you have to have everything going correctly at all times. But somehow the Braves can power through this. Uh, they look like they are another another uh, threat to to win another championship. But right, somehow Marcel is not uh, playing by the rules anymore, or at least he doesn't think the rules apply to him. You know, domestic violence is such a, a gross thing, and it sucks that we even have to talk about it on this podcast. DUIs are just ridiculous. It's just uh, you know just completely irresponsible behavior I, you know, on top of everything else he's done his career. What a piece of shit! What a, what an asshole! I don't I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, you get you get you know you're you're playing a, a game that you're good enough to play at play at the major league level, and you just shit all over it. I is mean, it just entitlement? You know, ri- yeah, you know, it is. It is total entitlement, and I I think unfortunately with <laughs> I don't know I I'm, I'm this is this is really making a generalization, but. I can tell you with the, 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 the younger, the younger kids I deal with at work and stuff like that, the sense of entitlement on, on that level is mm. insane. But I just wonder like if you're being stroked and you've got this huge major league baseball ego, like how much we're seeing what happens when it gets out of control, right? When the idea of entitlement reaches a level where you feel yeah. like you're above the law for lack of and we we saw it not to bring him up again but i mean that's that's tony la Russa's problem too with his duis he thinks yeah. he he doesn't have to be accountable because he's had a great baseball career who we fucking cares all the week before breaking well, the law so. is breaking the law so you know with with that kind of money i mean anybody can call call a cab call an uber rideshare whatever have a freaking driver well that's the other thing with that with that's the what i'll that, never understand about yeah. people with money why wouldn't you always have a driver i mean yes. <laughs> I wish That'd I be the first. If, I can tell you, if I win the lotto, that's one of the first things I will do. I'll, well, if I really win the lotto, I'll have a private jet for one thing. Oh, okay. But, well, there you go. 
<laughs> but I will definitely have a driver if I win the small lotto. So, I mean, that, that's well, if you win the big like lotto, you can have a private jet and a driver to that's the take thing. once I mean, you get yeah. local. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Once but, you I mean, land, I've got this all figured out. Don't don't yeah. worry. So, okay, good. I just want to be sure. the first to know when I win just the lotto, helping, helping you out there. <laughs> Uh, along similar lines, similar lines, and why we have co assholes of the week is Carlos Martinez, who I thought was still with the Cardinals, but he's actually a free agent, so he might already be a former major league player. <laughs> well, he will be after this. Yeah, Carlos was already suspended eighty games for PED use and was trying to fight his way back into the majors. I believe he spent a little bit of time with the with the Red Sox uh, yeah, at I one think, point I, this year. I think you're correct on that. Uh, but alas, he, uh, shit, I'm drawing a blank. Now, I've oh, been he, thinking- he, 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 they didn't say exactly what happened. They said he committed an act that falls under the domestic abuse child. Um, what was it? The, the, it's, it's the, it's the overall overarching, yeah, he, um, like viol- violence type of things now, towards family or, yeah, or significant others. Uh, he's been suspended for 85 games now for uh, violating MLB's domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. Right. Which is a rather nebulous uh, charge. They have not... Uh, made specific his, what he did actually do to earn this 85 game suspension, but hopefully it's not all three. Yeah. I mean, God, any of them, but yeah, you have no idea what, what, what has occurred, but it's obviously heinous. And, uh, he, that said he agreed, he and major league baseball agreed to an 85 game suspension. That's like the arbitrary number they came up with that, that was acceptable to both, both parties, which I, oh, okay, good. I found, kind of gross you know it's, oh eh, i can well, i'll do this shit and i'll be fine if i just sit out 85 games if anyone will ever sign him again well because essentially he will be done an entire season then yeah i mean because yeah, after the 82 after he's done with the 82 he starts serving well, he had, 85 he had 80 an 80 game ped sp- suspension followed by apparently that happened last year oh I that think- was last year okay because this new suspension is retroactive to June 19th, I read. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know where, where that came from or whatever, but I don't want to read any more about these details, essentially. I'm, I'm anything, anything to do with these guys. Yeah. Marcelo Zuna and Carlos Martinez, you have earned our asshole of the week dishonor. And now I've officially gone into witness protection. You yeah. should... <laughs> we, we, I'll put a, like a filter on your, yeah, on your good. voice. Or... <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, it is very dark over there suddenly. So <laughs> I looked up, I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, oh my God. It got, it got really dark over there. So yeah. we should probably wrap this episode up. <laughs> I got to get to bed. <laughs> Sleepy time for Pete. Ooh. Well, we're wrapping up this episode <laughs> 113 of Major League Holes in the Hole. Uh, it's possible next week. We, we've talked about this a little bit. We didn't, obviously, you've noticed we didn't talk about the White Sox because we have our own White Sox dedicated podcast, Sox type thing, uh, which we just recorded episode 10 of earlier this week, which you can find on any uh, podcast platform you'd like. But I think we might wrap might bring these two two podcasts back into one eventually uh, as the off season yeah. is approaching and there's uh, enough 
enough content where we can actually put the two back together again. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works. We'll see how things play out. Maybe there's way too much to talk, to talk about next week with your your manager being. Well, honestly, in 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 a, in a little over since we last recorded, we probably could have done a half hour on them again, yeah, which so- is ridiculous. So I don't think it's going to happen next week, but uh, definitely, I think probably the week after that. Yeah. You know, I think- at some uh, point, I, we'll we'll bring you back into the fold. The prodigal son of the White yeah. Sox. We'll we'll bring you back. Even even if even if they you know are are back in it, there. I think I think we have exhausted the. Like you can only talk about them not hustling and not doing this <laughs> and not doing that so much. To yeah, where, we've we've done so, it ten episodes so, in a row. Yeah. So. so now what we can do is just talk about what happened on the field that week for the most part, barring anything like crazy. Oh, like there's gonna be crazy. There, there's not a heart barring anything crazy. There's going to be something crazy going but, on. But like, so. there may not be enough to to go an hour anymore. Yeah, and we'll and and you guys know from listening in the hole, the reason the White Sox got branched out is Smitty started to be like, "Hey, we're going like almost two hours, and and an hour of that is spent yeah. on them. So we got to break some, this up. There's some technical limitations that we have on this podcast uh, that we can't go over two hours. So it was getting it was getting to be kind of dicey where I was freaking out over the clock, which is not a yeah. way to do a podcast. So that's but, why we ended up breaking it out. And it's been fun to build that build that sub brand or whatever you want to call it. And you've definitely ran with the socks type thing Twitter handle. So that that's that's been fun to watch grow. So uh but yeah we're we're one family here it's all under the major league a holes umbrella so i think we'll bring you back in figure out how that works in the coming weeks and off season so in the meantime you can find both these podcasts uh anywhere you'd like to find a podcast we're on the web at SoxTypeThing.com and major league and we're both on twitter and where else facebook Instagram, YouTube, check out our YouTube page. It's it's a combined yeah, page over check there. Check out the YouTube that. page. You look know, at hopefully. our You don't have to look at me anymore. I'm in yeah. the dark. So Yeah, we're going to have to work on that for our YouTube page. Your witness protection uh, <laughs> lighting over there, so we'll figure that out, but I think with that, we can declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. S-S-H-O-L-E Everybody A-S-S-H-O-L-E I'm an asshole